Welcome aboard, Captain. back to the Star Trek Minute, the semi-daily podcast where we talk about and celebrate Star Trek III, The Search for Spock, one minute at a time. I'm one of your co-hosts, David Stoker. That makes me your other co-host, Chris LaSalle. Hello, Chris. Happy Friday, Dave. Happy Friday. And we are once again joined by podcast extraordinaire, Jonathan Carlyle. Wow. I'll take it. <laughs> let's let's end this before it goes any further. <laughs> and we thank you for joining us. Yeah. And you can find us on the internet at Star Trek Minute. Um, so we've moved on to minute number sixty-four, and this minute starts with Kirk and Sulu staring out the view screen, and McCoy uh, ends the minute by saying, "May all your guesses be right." I like that tagline. May all your guesses be right. May all your guesses be right. I, I like it in the sense that it sort of plays over again in the voyage home. It's, I don't know. It... <laughs> I don't know. I'm, tr- I'm trying to remember what, par- I'm trying to remember what part you're talking about <laughs> at the very end when, so obviously we're jumping a movie ahead uh, at the very end of the movie, when Spock is having trouble calculating their return trip and, uh, McCoy basically says sort of the same thing in that, um, you know, Kirk mentioned, says to him and says, you know, your best guess. And McCoy says, you know, he trusts your guesses, you know, more than, you know, other people's facts kind of thing. Uh, yes. Nice. So it's, it's a callback, but maybe said a little, I don't know, maybe said a little better. I, I, I think yeah, it's a call ahead. It, it's, I, I like I, yeah, I like it better in Voyage Home than I like it here. But I feel like it's definitely yeah, sort of a callback to it. I guess for some reason it sounds like something he would say, but it still sounds like a weird thing to say, or it sounds like a weird way to say it. Yeah, because I think you're expecting him to say it sarcastically, right? Yeah, something. It seems like more of a McCoy delivery. Maybe it's a Spock thing. Oh, oh, I didn't think about that. But I don't think Spock believes in guessing, so. You're right. He, he would estimate. All right, so moving on. <laughs> Going from the end of the minute, back to the beginning. Back to the beginning. So Kirk and Sulu are uh, looking at the distortion, and <clears throat> is it me, or does this distortion, the, the does the distortion look really bad in this minute? It looked better, I thought, last minute when we saw it on the one side of the view screen. And now yes. we're seeing it looks like it's stuttery and slow mo, and I don't know. Well, it doesn't look quite quite doesn't look quite right. I think it's look just me judging judging how distortions should look. I think it's just a distortion. <laughs> Shut up about it, Chris. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> well, we're not. You know, it's not like we want to agree on everything. Yeah, don't don't do that. <laughs> i don't like it i do agree with you chris that i feel like the distortion in this minute is much worse than it was in the previous minute however i will fall back and say it is a distortion so it's not going to be consistent all right how did they so i'll give you 50 i give you 50 percent agreement 
Well, that's, I guess that's something. But how did they do that effect? How did they make that distortive? Because obviously, you know, uh, what they're what they're looking at is, you know, probably some kind of a green screen. So what we are seeing is. I don't even really know. I think it's a mirror. It's a bird of prey shaped mirror that's reflecting the stars, you know, just a little bit off to the left. Oh, I was going to say it's a bird of prey, bird of prey glass that they just keep rotating. Okay. Like a Burger King glass? You mean that kind of glass? <laughs> no, it's like a crystal glass, and it just you sort of distorts when you look through it. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Like a, a prism. Yeah, it's, it's like on a string, and they're just slowly moving it across the screen in front of uh, Sulu and Kirk. Practical effect. Sure. Yeah, right. Practical effect. None of the CGI garbage. <laughs> There you go, John. You were wondering. Yeah. <laughs> are you are you glad you asked? Yeah, it sounds it sounds better than like you know someone just smudged some Vaseline on the screen or something. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, welcome back to Bad Trekkie Minute. <laughs> I I found that um, Sulu's comment, you know, Kirk's pointing at the distortion, and Sulu's answer, "Yes, sir." It's getting larger as we close in. I found that I found that to be an odd observation because I, I just i guess i would have said oh it looks like it looks like it's getting larger you know uh, is that like a def- double positive you know obviously yeah. as we get closer something is going to get bigger right like, that's a good you, way is that what you're going for yeah it's a double positive well of course it's going to get bigger as you get closer to it, it would, if you were standing still, like it, I think it would be, you know, well, it's getting bigger. We're just sitting here, so obviously it's it's moving, it's moving towards us. Yes. But is he saying that he doesn't know? But it sounds like he's confident that they are moving towards it. I don't know. It just it it doesn't click. It's rolling around in my head. And it's not clicking yeah. properly. Maybe he should have said something like, "It's getting larger as we close in, or as if we are closing in, or because he because Sulu at this. I mean, we know Kirk." This whole time is kind of knows what he's looking for, but I don't know that Sulu yeah. definitely. Def, uh, I don't know that Sulu knows at this point. So, you know what could I don't know. If you think that there's a ship out there, then you would kind of understand closing in and all that stuff. But if you just see some weird distortion, uh, you know, in space, like you wouldn't know. You wouldn't have a frame of mind, I guess. So, it's a weird thing to yeah. say that we're closing in. Who knows what it is? Yeah, I always I always get troubled by this because um, I always think that well they should have experience with cloaking devices and and actually in this minute they kind of both go oh yeah it's a cloaking device you know they know they tell uh, but it just seems think, odd to me that's not the first thing they think of like oh distortion cloaking device you know well do you think they do you think Kirk knew like way back when. You know, they're, as they're getting close, and you know, he's that's when he he even says he says short range, short range scan. Mister Chekhov put it on visual, like he he already has in the back of his mind, like hey, Grissom's not responding, and then you know, there's something may be here, and then he sort of gets the affirmative by you know talking to Sulu, and he's like, your opinion, Mister Sulu, well, I think it's an energy surge. Enough to hide an hide a ship, wouldn't you say? And then yeah. they both are like cloaking device. 
uh, since you went there, uh, I hate that exchange. <laughs> Between Kirk and Sulu? Yeah. The opinion, Mr. Sulu? They've got enough time to ask for a opinion, Mr. Sulu. Do, 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 do. You know, like we got all the time in the world. Like it, it's, we're not, we're not reading a magazine and, and ask each other our opinions of yeah. the article. Like they're in the middle of, you know, something potentially hostile is happening and something let's talk peculiar. about it. Yeah. It's, I don't like the exchange. Yeah. He should have said opinion, Mr. Sulu and Sulu should have just said, I think it's cloaked ship, sir. <laughs> Agreed. Or how about, uh, or maybe Kirk doesn't want to give it away, but I would have been like, uh, hey Sulu, do you think that's a cloak ship? <laughs> yes, I do. You know, like, okay. Uh, I don't know. I, I just don't like that exchange. And mm. yeah, because especially since since the start of the short range scan, it feels like Kirk knows what he's looking for, or has a has a hunch that he knows right. what he's looking for. So it, it kind of it kind of seems weird that he waits till the very last minute to like, yep, cloaking device, instead of uh, you know, almost like a you know, maybe if you're talking with your children, children or something, and you're trying to get them to come to the answer by themselves, and you're like, "Oh, yeah, it's an energy signal. Yeah, is it large enough for something? <laughs> uh, cloak device. Yeah. Well, could you hide behind something like yeah. that? <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like he would have learned his lesson. Like for for me, I agree, Chris. Again, I'm agreeing with you um, <laughs> that. Um, I feel like the exchange is very silly in this, in the regards that we went through this almost exact same situation when he approached the Reliant and he got burned. Wouldn't he go in if he had a hunch, just say, uh, Scotty, uh, red alert. Uh, I have a hunch that there's a ship out there. Let's go to short range scan and put it up on the screen. Yeah. It's very cavalier. You know, like just yeah, dude. You, 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 exactly. You're waiting for him to say, "Oh, that's this is this is also damn peculiar." You know what it makes me think of? It makes me think of an exchange between Batman and Robin from the old TV show. Enough to hide behind, uh, you know, enough energy to hide a ship, wouldn't you say, old yeah, chum? It does. A cloaking device. Holy cloaking device, Batman. <laughs> that's exactly the type of conversation I expect between those two. <laughs> well, good. I'm glad I don't. I don't feel alone in that. That exchange is not right. Please, I appreciate you. I got a kick out of Sulu confirming. saying that it's getting larger because then uh, all of a sudden, I every time I watch this minute, I had that uh, in my head from airplane when the guy they say something about the fog is getting <laughs> thicker and the guy jumps in and shakes the other guy. He's like, and Leon's getting larger. <laughs> I love oh, that that's one of my favorite movies. <laughs> <laughs> you can make a bow tie. You can make a hair ribbon. Yeah, that guy was my favorite when I was a kid. Yes. Oh, definitely. <laughs> I do like it when they go to Red Alert here. Um, although I don't like the glowing blue ball in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. Is that is that uh, maybe the consoles are hard to see in a red light, so they have to give those guys a little blue light. No, this is Leonard Nimoy. I've said it a hundred times on this in the season. He's just he's he's got this thing about lighting, and it's just yeah. Why is that not a red light? Well, the the thing that bothers me is that we're pulled so far back that we see the ceiling. You know, we see the light above McCoy, and then we see that you know the dome light above Scotty and Sulu, 
I don't feel like we ever got that close when we were on Rathacon or that pulled back where we saw the ceiling. And I feel like it's just distracting. It is. It's totally distracting. Um, he might have he might have been doing it in you know on purpose in the way of trying to be like, well, you never see the ceiling because there is no ceiling. So now I'm, you know, I'm I'm mm. I'm putting something in there so it looks like it's a complete thing. Oh, it's look, look at a this point. look at yeah. this whole room that we've made, you know. I'll give you that. I'm not saying I like it, but maybe <laughs> that's what he was trying to do. Yeah, but this was the moment, you know, that moment where we could see that. That's where we pulled back and I was like, oh, um, you know, because in these three minutes I hadn't even seen Scotty yet, I don't think. Nope. And I was like, oh, those they, they are there. And then I was like, wait, wait, where's Chekhov? But he's off. I think he's off to the left there. Right. That would be the science station off to the left. Yeah. 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 Which he last... may not have moved, but I thought he oh, was no. over in a different chair earlier. He was. Yeah, he was. He was over on the right hand side in that wide shot yeah. in the empty, the, the empty chair. I just imagine him like running back and forth and everybody else is just sitting there doing their jobs. <laughs> check off to the science station. Yeah. Check off to the communication station. Check off. Check off. You want to see him like, you know, stop in the middle one time and just like wipe his forehead <laughs> and then keep going. Just do it yourself. <laughs> you get your own communications. Oh, dear. Uh, we skipped over a whole section there, boys. We, yeah. uh, we the, the yeah. <laughs> we did after the energy surge after the energy surge uh, uh, they they switch back to uh, Karugan Company yeah and there's this weird like robotic juice harp thing going on in the soundtrack a, a what a, uh, a mouth harp there's all oh. different names for that thing <laughs> it took me a second <laughs> yeah. Is it the uh, is it the V'ger noise again? Um, wow! I don't know. It's it's a. Do you know what a mouth harp sounds like? Yeah. Kind of, yeah, but then there's like this weird metallic part, and it's, it's kind of stuttery. Yeah. Kind of like, basically, it just ups the tension, I guess. But it's I just it's kind of a weird sound. I hadn't noticed it. I was I mostly here. I was. It's the cling on the bells and stuff. I keep hearing that's that's what I always pick up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I guess it's kind of interwoven with the bells. Yeah, I don't know. So, so Dave, we get some we get some Klingon so how, here. We do, but before we get to the Klingon, how do we feel about the music during these scenes? I mean, there is a constant shift between, you know, the Enterprise music and then we get the Klingon-esque music. And how do we feel compared to, like, say, Rathacon, where, you know, Khan comes in and he has his own music in the Enterprise? Like, I feel like, how, how do you guys feel about it? I don't know that I, besides noticing the weird sounds and stuff, I, I guess, uh, I mean, it just makes me... Overall, it makes me feel like the Klingons are that there's more tension there because they're doing mm-hmm. something where over on the Enterprise, they didn't really know what was going on. You know, they just went to, well, actually at this point in the minute, they haven't gone to Red Alert yet, but so they're, they're kind of just coming into it. But yeah, I guess, I guess it serves that purpose that there is a difference of feeling in the two different ships. And that, uh, 
I don't think I'd want to be a Klingon or I wouldn't want to be on a Klingon ship. It just seems like it's high tension all the time. <laughs> I agree with you there. Um, uh, Dave, I, to answer your question, I, it's not, I don't think it's up to snuff with the, the Reliant Enterprise encounter. Um, yeah. you get, I mean, <clears throat> it's so, I, every time you see Reliant in, in Wrath of Khan, I mean, the music just goes, you know, it's in your face. And, but when they would cut yeah. back to Enterprise, it was, it was low level tension music. And right. in this one, it's, you know, you get your Klingon, every time you're on, you get the Klingon music, which is great. But when they cut back to Enterprise, it's kind of mm-hmm. like just a, I don't know, hopeful we're out for a cruise music. It's, it doesn't, it doesn't, there's no sense of tension. Yeah. And maybe right. they're doing that it's deliberately. They're all dressed like they're out at a day of the spa. So <laughs> it's, it's casual day on the soundtrack yeah. too. Um, so I don't feel like it doesn't, it doesn't build attention as much as, as, as it did in Wrath of Khan. So it's, I give it a C. Ooh. How do you feel about it? I don't think I was going to go that low, but I didn't necessarily care for it either, but I like the Klingon music. I like the tension it evokes. I feel like I've been pretty negative these last three minutes. I'm, I'm trying to think if there's a way I can not be negative about <laughs> Trying to pull out the positive. I don't know. They're, they're, um, one good thing, I guess, is Christopher Lloyd as Klingon. When somebody says that, I think, huh, I don't know. Um, but I think he does a pretty good job. But it, it is hard to, you know, af- after seeing him and other things, it's it's hard to completely separate him. But, I, but I think that's also partly because of the movie and just the way it's. He seems to be kind of by himself a lot, at least in the shots that I'm looking at. Mm-hmm. So it's it's hard to see him as part of something else because it's always just him. Hmm. I, I. Uh, he- I always, I think I always worry about when I, when I rewatch Search for Spock, I, I think I have that worry. Like, oh God, you know, Christopher Lloyd is, I do the same thing. Like, is Klingon really? Was he that good? And, uh, and I, I always, I, I fall right into it. I always think he did, he did a great job. And, uh, I mean, we joke about it on this show that like, oh, you know, waiting for him to do a Doc Brown impression or something or, um, but I, I always buy him. Is it, he's, you know, he's a Klingon commander. I just don't. Uh, but, but I, but yeah, when, when I, when I start, I was pictured Doc Brown and, and I, and I worry. Yeah. That's what I was saying a couple of minutes ago. I think when we were on the planet and I think I, I have a hard time separating that perform, not necessarily that I just, I, I always want to see Doc Brown and I, and I'm afraid as well that that's all I'm going to see. Because I do believe he does play a good Klingon commander. Yeah, the good thing is he can't slap himself on the forehead in this one. <laughs> Great Scott. <laughs> Although his hairstyle is seems to be pretty similar. <laughs> it is. <laughs> you know, a little bit, little bit balder on top and tufts of hair on the right. side. It's a good thing it doesn't. Yeah, color. it's a good thing it's not white in this one. Yeah. So, yeah, so we get uh, Maltz in the background saying, Firing Range, sir. 
Krug in Klingon saying, Bahui Doshibush Kukde Yaja, which means gunner, target engine only, understood. Yeah. John. John Wayne. To which the gunner. Oh, oh, no. Go, go. Yep. So which the gunner replies, Yachuga, which means understood clearly, sir. <laughs> what I heard was him saying, yeah, it's true, Carl. Which <laughs> <laughs> oh. kind of fits, I guess, in a sense. I almost I almost picture you in a smoking jacket in front of a fire with like a book and like a Saturday Night Live skit and you just saying, yeah, it's true, Carl, or yeah, that's true, Carl, or this has been another Klingon moment with Jonathan Carlyle. <laughs> well, it's funny you say Saturday Night Live because uh, the first thing he says, uh, uh, Krug, it sounds like he's saying buckwheat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I don't know what I'm enjoying more. I, I love Dave's Klingon, but I'm loving John's <laughs> reinterpretations. Uh Maybe it's a Klingrish, something like that. <laughs> uh, what else we got? Um, we, we so you, just in that in that whole exchange when he's you know mm. he's talking to the gunner, and you know he he has the he he's sort of just looking and then his eyes bug out and he's like understood. <laughs> I almost feel like he's looking at me. Oh yeah, yeah. He seems to be doing that, doing that a lot in these minutes. Another Christopher story. Yeah, right into your soul. He's looking right into my soul, and I do like the um, the visual when we get the the look at the gunner and we see the Enterprise Mm -hmm. on their screen. We see the the Klingon at the bottom, so that must be their tactical, maybe. Yeah, what's that? What's that glowing red on? Like, is that is that their targeting, or is that just? Some part of the enterprise that oh, I, I assumed know. it was targeting. Yeah, yeah, I, I didn't know. No, my, I only didn't. I guess I didn't think it was targeting because he's just now talking to them about what to target. Unless, unless they're always targeting, and then they just have to move it around. Oh, maybe. Maybe that's why he's telling him what to target. He's like, "No, I see what you're doing there." <laughs> A little to the left. I want to know what those words say. They're too blurry to make out. If they weren't blurry, I'd totally be yeah. able to read them. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, 1,000 Kelecams closing. Again, those are some <laughs> of my favorite parts of, of these minutes is Malt's calling that stuff out. I just love the way he says. I, I still think he's saying Kelecams, but I still love the way he, he's calling that stuff out. Uh, so what, Kirk, all power of the weapon systems? Scotty says, I, sir. I figured there'd be a debate there about what are you talking about? Uh, you yep. know, ships on automation. I don't have any weapons. But he seemed seemed prepared for that. What does... Okay, this is a question that probably has an actual answer. But what does Red Alert do? Because they're working with a tiny mm-hmm. crew, right? So there's right. probably not too many people to alert. I mean, does that actually does that actually do any function in the ship? Does that start? Well, I guess because no, he's telling him to divert power. 
So that doesn't necessarily automatically start any diversion. No, and power. I think I think if you if you remember in in Wrath of Khan when he calls red alert, you know the lights change, but then you see a whole lot of people pushing buttons and and doing things to get the shields up and get the phasers and torpedoes armed and powered up. There's there's a lot of a lot of activity by humans to get ready when things go to red alert. So. So it might might not just be might not just be a warning system, but it's also a call to action. Yeah, you know, no matter where you are, you see red light, then you do your job. Exactly. So one thing to note about red alert is that um, when you go to red alert, it automatically brings your weapon systems and shields to full power. I thought the humans had to do that. I thought the people had to do that part. I don't think so i think this so when you go to i think when you go to yellow alert it just i don't, I don't think everything comes on online okay but when you go to red alert i think it it well it powers them up it gets them ready to go yes yeah it gets them ready to go i'll buy that so the klingons the Klingons can't detect that the Enterprise is gearing up. They should be able to. They or usually, maybe. most feels like feel like they usually can, but um, uh, but they don't. But they're not bringing up shields yeah, here, right? Yeah, that's what McCoy asks. No shields. I I don't. I don't know if he's asking if they have shields or if we have shields. Oh, well, even even if you're even if you're powering up your weapons, though, aren't don't. Aren't most uh, ships able to detect that? Or it seems like Enterprise at least is like, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, their weapon, their weapons are firing up. So they're raising you know. their shields. Yeah, I don't know. they usually can see that. No, I take back what I said, Chris. Um, I think he is asking uh, Kirk that they're not raising their shields because he does. He says all power to the weapon systems. I, sir, McCoy, is saying no shields. If my guess is right, they'll have to decloak before they can fire. So he's he's assuming that we'll be able to get them before they can get us. Which you know, I'm going to play McCoy right now. And be like, so. <laughs> so you guess if if my if your guess is right, they'll have to decloak forever. So what? Bring your shields up anyway. Yeah. And he's like, I was just on this ship like a couple of weeks ago. We got our asses kicked because you didn't bring the shields up. Well, <laughs> again, I go back to what I said before, which is, hasn't he learned his lesson? Yeah. This is is, this is where you know Kirk's attitude is just just get annoyed at him. Okay, so the Klingons, I'm I'm really having a hard time with this battle. So the Klingons, Klingons do or do not have their shield up. I don't think they can. I don't think they can detect while they're cloaked whether or not their shields are up or down. Okay, so I think that's the thing. And if we're thinking back to the battle between Reliant and Enterprise, they could scan all that because of. There's no cloak, so they could tell. I think here it must part of the cloaking must be able to disrupt the scan or something. I'm making well, this yeah, up as cloaked. I go. No, they're cloaked. Can't see them. But I think John, you're asking the do the Klingons know if the Enterprise has their shields up? Oh. I'm I'm asking both ways because it. <laughs> I don't think anybody knows like, what's well, going the, on, man. The Klingons Klingons know what's going on. They they're on top of this thing. So you right. would think that they would be like probing the enterprise for any activity. Mm-hmm. And, but now in this minute right now, we're seeing that they're going to red alert that he's telling them to you know divert power. 
and the Klingons don't seem to be responding to any of that part. Like they still think that they've got the Enterprise in, you know, by surprise. Well, I think I, well, maybe they do. Maybe they are watching and, and they, and they can tell they, oh, they don't have their shields up. We're in, they're an even, they're in an even better position. Hmm. So I guess my other question too is going back to what can what can the bird of prey do while it's cloaked? You know, can they have shields while cloaked? If if not, I guess my thought is if they can't have shields while they're cloaked, they're hard to see. Yes, but if you can see them, can't you just shoot at them? You know, instead of waiting until they decloak. Right. Right. I think there's an answer to that one, Dave. Right in Star Trek Six. <laughs> I believe there is. Yeah, I think I. I think you can just shoot at the the blur. Yes. Because so I, I, I guess I guess my only strategy with that is like if they have to decloak before they can fire, you know, maybe you could fire at them before they even have a chance to fire. Right. If you can see them enough or see the right. So disruption. our good friends yeah. over at Memory Alpha tell us that most vessels could not use their deflector shields when cloaked. Ships of the Klingon D-12 class, for example, were vulnerable to attack for two seconds when their shields automatically dropped as the cloaking field formed. So I think, John, you just want Sulu to just start, like, randomly firing pot shots. Start, yeah, just start blasting. Yeah. <laughs> and, and hope for the best, which I think would be an awesome thing to watch right now. Especially if they just, like, you know, do they just all go wild and one of them, like, clips the wing of the bird of prey. So you see the explosion all of a sudden, right? But the... That would be cool. Yeah, just use the equivalent of, you know, just some, something cheap. You don't have to use huge torpedoes or anything, but, you know, just kind of spray them with something, and then wherever the explosions are, shoot that area. Spray them with something. I'm now picturing, like, you know, spraying the water or something. Or is that like, is that like <laughs> yeah, someone's invisible yeah. and they pour paint on them? Exactly. Like scooby yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, I feel like they know, that they know what the distortion is. Just, you know, fire at the distortion. Yeah, yeah. Throw yeah. a couple of photon torpedoes in there and fire a couple phaser bursts, and what happens happens. It keeps getting larger, so <laughs> just shoot at it. That's all I'm going to think about now when I see this movie. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, uh, I think we so Dave Johns Johns here, and um, we have to ask him at the uh, 44 second mark. Uh, we get a nice, good look at malts, and uh, so John, know. Dave thinks uh, malts is played by John Larroquette. It's not a thinks. I've proven it's John Larroquette. I don't know. I think you said you were going to get some proof, but I haven't seen it yet. I did. I dropped a video on you from a <laughs> anniversary special where he comes out on stage and even says, "I played malts in Star Trek Three. I think that was a special effect. Do we do we ever see? Uh, do we ever have any? Like, do they have any photos of him in the makeup chair or anything? No, like they that? don't. They I, don't. I'm really having a hard time seeing it, and this is a nice close-up shot too. It is. It's a great one, and uh, I, I think it's you know, it's just uh, kudos to the makeup department. He's. If it's if it's him, he's kind of talking different too. Like he's kind of dropping his. Oh, jaw. he is. Yeah. Yep. So I happen to have in my possession <clears throat> Starlog number one thirty eight, 
and it's a Klingon, it's a special Klingon issue that I actually ordered from, from eBay, which has an interview with John Laroquette about his time on the, uh, the set of Star Trek three. Really? Okay. Perhaps I have to take pictures of that and, uh, show you. Well, uh, when the next time we see each other. Okay. All right. That's that's still just him saying it though. I don't know. Right. John Larroquette. I know. That? That'd be like me saying it. it seems like... Go ahead and interview me. Yeah, that was me. I played Maltz in Search for Spock. <laughs> well, I know that's not true. I see. I, I see John Larroquette taking a joke and you know yeah, running with exactly. it. Exactly. He could just, just be a long con. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess that wasn't me. I was thirteen I when this came out, so it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> that's not me. <laughs> um. All right. Uh, we've been jumping all over this minute, so I don't know where we are. I, I, I've run out of notes. <laughs> As have I. I'm good. All right. John. Yeah, I think we're right back around to that. May all your guesses yeah. be right. Which sounds sounds like some kind of a Christmas quote. Yeah, all your dreams come true. Guesses be right. I don't know. That's Disney. That's Disney. <laughs> um. Merry and bright. Maybe that's what I'm thinking. Great. Now I have Christmas carols in my in my head. Uh, sorry. I think that last happened last time I was on too. <laughs> All the Christmas lights in the. Oh, ship. that's right. That's right. <laughs> Maybe we have to stop recording at this time of year or something. I always have Christmas on the brain. We'll bring in around Halloween next time. Um. So John, this is this is a question I've 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 actually have not had a chance to ask our guests yet, and uh, so you'll be the first. Um, are you happy that they brought Spock back? Um, I would I would say yes because you know, like I said before, uh, my introduction to all these movies was just skipping around. I had no idea. So I get in that sense, I guess it's kind of uh, just the episodic nature of the show, where what happened in the previous show doesn't necessarily have to matter you know so but we still have our still have our crew mm. it'd be weird in that sense you know um not coming into star trek until after probably all six of those movies were done or at least the first four or five and then to only know that Spock was in two of them and that was it if that would have been kind of kind of strange i guess sure to know that he was part of the crew but he's barely there at all you know if you take the six movies and he's only there for a third of them, that, that'd be kind of strange. So I guess I guess I say yes. And I, I think it's uh, kind of fun in the next movie where they're, everybody's still kind of getting used to each other again. Right, right. Um, but but yeah, I, I think there's ways that I would have liked it to happen better in this movie. But, but I think so. I think wouldn't that be I don't know that'd be a weird thing to have Kirk without his leash. I guess that's a weird way to say it, <laughs> but I think I think Spock is like maybe leash isn't a great, but I think Spock is a good grounding point for Kirk. Yes, yeah, a good a good balancing point. And like, what would what would Kirk be without that? Mm-hmm. I mean, he still has his other friends there, but well, he wouldn't he wouldn't hijack the Enterprise. That's what he did, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I asked the question, John, I think one of the things, and I'll just ask it broadly too, is like, 
I wonder if there are Star Trek fans out there who are like, yeah, I love Star Trek, but I kind of hate Spock. <laughs> who would you know? And they're like, Spock? when the, when the, when he. And when he died in the Khan, like, awesome. I hated Spock. I'm so glad he's gone. <laughs> I don't know. Because I, I guess, I guess it's possible. Yeah, right. It's got to be. All, I just... kinds of, all kinds of people out there. But <laughs> but it just seems like Spock is such the, like, almost like the personality or the epitome of the Star Trek fan. Not that everybody's like Spock, but I mean, <laughs> you know, the, the, the nerdy, you know, the Star Trek versus Star Wars, you know, Star Trek is the nerdier version, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, we live in both camps. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so yeah, well, great. Um, well, then why don't we wrap it up then and go enjoy our weekends? Yes. Yes. Sounds good. Cool. Well, John, one last time, you want to uh, let people know where they can find you uh, uh, out on the internet? Yep, uh, you can find us at theprincessbrideminute.com. Um, you can also listen to us on dieharddminute.com. And uh, we're there. Chris and Dave are there. Lots of other people are there. And uh, it's it's pretty fun listening to hear all the, all the different takes on it and, and people get upset about uh, <laughs> points that weren't covered. But you don't hear about those except unless you're on the Facebook page. Oh, which we do have a Facebook page for Princess Bride Minute. It is, oh, it's been a while now. Uh, the Princess Bride Minute... Um, a battle of wits. Yes. And we have a listener society. You can talk to us, although we probably haven't been on there very much lately because we're, we're done, but we still go visit once in a while. Awesome. Well, cool. Well, John, thank you again for, uh, for coming back, being one of our returning guests and uh, joining us all week. It's been a blast. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. This was a, uh, I'm going to make the joke. And I'm going to preface it that I'm making the joke, and it's a really bad joke. But <laughs> this was like a voyage home coming back to this podcast. Oh, so you're just sucking up. You want to be on the next one, don't you? <laughs> I do. Yeah. Well, great. We don't won. act like I, don't act like I didn't already make the joke to you earlier, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> That's how bad it is. I'm I'm bringing it back just because it's that bad. Uh, oh, I wanted to say. I, I keep forgetting about it because it's not coming up like tomorrow or anything, but my future project is UHF 62nd. So we're going to look at UHF. Nice. Small chunks at a time. Nice. But, but don't hold your breath. It will come, but it's not going to come real soon. All right. So that's a, that's a, that's a big tease, but yes, that will be yeah. awesome. Um, uh, if you're looking for guests, you'll have to let us know. It's been a long time since I've watched it, but there are definitely, I, I definitely have very uh, distinct memories of, of uh of different chunks of that film so uh let's all get well, a good luck with that let's all get a drink yeah. from the water hose <laughs> <laughs> awesome all right guys well then um uh yeah we'll wrap it up and uh um, i'm gonna do just a quick call out and ask uh ask our listeners hey if you haven't done so already can you head out onto itunes and leave a, a rating for the show and a review uh we'd love to get the feedback and we'd also love to uh uh, get the Star Trek minute up in this up in the uh, the ratings uh, with all these other fantastic Star Trek podcasts that are out there. We'd love to get our, our name known and, and uh, out to a wider audience so we could use your help with that. And we'll be back on Monday talking about minute 65 of the search for Spock here at the Star Trek minute. Bye now. Bye. On fire. <laughs>